a quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, David McBee. Thank you, Jason Barnard. <laughs> Brilliant. So we're going to be talking about turning negative reviews into positive opportunities, which I love because I used to do that with our children's website. And we can talk about that in a moment. But before we do that, your brand SERP. David McBee, green background, just like today, in that little photo in the top left-hand corner, four books, and your description, which comes from your own website. Do you realize how huge that is? After talking to you previously, I kind of realized that, yes, it was kind of a cool deal. It's brilliant. And if anyone's interested in this stuff, why it's a huge deal that the description for David McBee comes from David McBee's own website, not from Google Books, join the CaliCube Knowledge Panel and Brand SERP Support Group on Facebook. Just search for it on Google, ironically, because then I looked up David McBee about, and you're the executive producer and host of Simplify.tv. And once again, the books are coming up top, front, and center, and your website too. Then I had a slight worry. It says that you graduated from high school in 1966, which was the year I was born. And I'm suddenly worried that you look much, much, much younger than I do for somebody who's significantly older. But that's not the case, is it? No, that is definitely incorrect information. You're going to have to tell me how to fix that. Well, you can't, in fact, because what Google has done is it, well, you can. It's, it's mixed you up with another David, H. McBee. And you mm -hmm. need to provide that information for Google so it will present your information because obviously it wants to because in the past two screens, it's shown the information about you very accurately. It just doesn't have that information about you in a format and a corroborative sense that makes it confident that it can present that information about you. It's simply confidence. So I'll add a web page to my site called David McBee Information, and I'll write the correct information there, and hopefully they'll scrape it and use that, right? Is that, am I right? Pretty much, yep. It, it doesn't need to be called information. Google's a bit smarter than that. You can say, David McBee, my life story, and then just tell your life story. But dates and places are hugely important. So what it's done is it said, I found this other David McBee. I've got the dates and the places, and I'll show that because I'm confident. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is confidence is probably the most important aspect of everything to do with Google. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. But today we're talking about reviews. Now, in my children's website days, we got bad reviews from time to time. And generally speaking, what we found is when we answered the reviews, got the person to change the review to be a positive review, that felt to me like a huge win, probably bigger than just getting the positive review in the first place. Absolutely. You just described the perfect way to deal with a negative <laughs> review, to turn it into an opportunity. Podcast over. We're done. You, you nailed it. Oh, right. Okay. Four minutes and 40, 34 seconds into the episode, we're done. But it isn't actually very easy to do. 
No, it's unhappy not. people are generally very unhappy, and happy people generally don't speak about it publicly. Well, what's worse is, and I think most SMBs at least will argue that fifty to eighty percent of the negative reviews they get are unfair or mm-hmm. uh, or a lie or a disgruntled employee. I had one guy tell me it was his ex-girlfriend writing negative oh, wow. reviews, right? So how do you turn that into a positive opportunity? That's way more challenging. Um, and in fact, well, I, was, I, sorry, no, I always thought it was the employee behind the counter was having a bad day because they just found out that their mother or father was dying of cancer. So they were in a really bad place, but they came to work because they couldn't afford to lose their job. So somebody complains about the person being grumpy. That's hugely difficult to deal with. Right. You actually just described a a very uh, close scenario to one of my experiences I had uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I, no, I, it wasn't exactly that. Um, I, but I went to get a new tattoo and uh, the guy was just cranky from the second I walked in. And as polite as I could be, he mm. just kept getting irritated. And and um, and I was just like, okay, about 10 minutes in, I was like, this is not going very well. So I'm going to just really turn up the the sugar. And I was like, I am so sorry if, if you know, if, if my wanting to get this tattoo exactly right is, is I'm so sorry if that's causing you issues. And he just threw his hands up and he goes, my patience will only go so far. Cool. And I, so I was like, I, I don't think this is going to work out. And I walked out. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I of course wrote uh, a review explaining the entire scenario. And I think that um, like I got a call from the owner the next day. And I think part of the reason is because I was so polite and kind in the way that I wrote the review. Like I said, he might've been having a bad day. It just wasn't a good fit, but I wasn't about to sit down and let this person put ink on my body that was going to last forever when we weren't weren't getting along. Um, And the owner handled everything brilliantly. He called me, he asked me to come in, he gave me a tattoo three days later and Never once did he ask for me to um, uh, update my review, but I felt compelled to do so, right? But is that because you're a really nice guy, but somebody who's just really cranky giving a bad review because they had a bad experience and it upset their day would not necessarily think that? Do you have to ask or is it a good idea not to? Honestly, I believe in asking. You know, Google and Yelp will say, don't ask for reviews. They want everything to come organically. They want it to be authentic, you know, but I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for a review. Now, you shouldn't ask for reviews on social media. You shouldn't put it out there on the Internet, because if Google or Yelp see that, it's called review gating. And um, and they are not fans of that. And in fact, they they can punish a business that is asking for reviews by eliminating all of their current reviews. So right, and review caution. gating, can you explain that? Um, I well, think it's I'm this idea of, wrong. Well, it's this idea of um, finding out if someone is happy before right. you ask them for a review, right? Um, and and there's, some, there's some systems in place. You can shoot an email, says, if you're happy with us, click here. 
And if they're happy, it goes straight to Google and they can write a review. If they're unhappy, the click actually goes to somewhere private, right? It's actually a clever tool that a lot of businesses can implement. I'm a fan of it personally. Mm. But like I said, if you get caught by Google, the punishment can be severe. Right. And from behind the scenes in an email, they're not going to catch you. Yeah, I think that's fine. Right. And and that does seem to me to be legitimate in the sense that you want positive people to talk about you because it's so easy for negative people to talk about you. And yet, you shouldn't be afraid to ask people for their honest opinion if you've got a great service. That's true. I know that sometimes when I do speaking events, the very last thing I ask people is, hey, we've been talking about online reviews for 45 minutes. I would love for you to go to LinkedIn and and write a review on me. And I don't know if they liked me or not, right? But I'm still asking for that that review, so. And what kind of result do you get from that? Not so good, you know? It's it's really challenging to get people to take the time to write a review. Um, I do have some luck if I ask them via LinkedIn, hey, mm-hmm. you know, I, you said some very nice things to me when, when we were done. Um, just wondering if you wouldn't be mind sharing that on LinkedIn. I think I have uh, more than average positive reviews on LinkedIn, to be honest. So I guess asking does work. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and ask the people who are happy and the people who are unhappy might be a minority, but they tend to get a majority of the voice. How do you deal with that? Well, this is where I have some solid advice for business owners, and I have some fun advice. So uh, the solid I like advice, I like fun, but we'll I'll start get there. With I'll solid. get there. I'm going to look at my notes here over on the other screen. So if it looks like I'm reading, it's because I am. Uh, so the first bit of good advice, good advice for a negative review is, first of all, don't respond immediately. You're emotional in that moment, mm-hmm. right? And you don't want your response to come across emotional. So just give it a day. It's okay if you've got a negative review up there for a day. Breathe. We are all much calmer and cooler a day after, right? So that's first thing. Number two is to thank the reviewer. And believe it or not, even though they wrote a negative review, it's a review. Those are things you want. So go ahead and thank them. It also puts you, you know, in a position of showing immediately that you're going to be polite to this person. Um, Apologize for whatever it was that you did wrong and fall on the sword. Even if you didn't do something wrong. That's right. Right. Yep. It's all a question of perspective, isn't it? It really is. Okay. Um, uh, The fourth thing is uh, uh, fix the problem and Mm -hmm. ask for uh, an, an update, right? But the reason that business owners don't follow this advice. The reason that they um, don't apologize is because they don't think they did anything wrong. Right. (laughs) And the worst thing that you can do with a negative review is to be defensive. Even Mm. if you're right, even if the person came in, uh, maybe you rented them some equipment and they brought it back broken in 17 pieces and then wrote you a negative review because you charged them to repair that piece of equipment, okay? Right. And, and, and that is that, that is all you have to do is say, but you broke it, right? Of course I had to, <laughs> but you can't do that. Because here's the key. Jason, when a business is responding to a negative review, even though they think they're talking to the reviewer, 
the people they're actually talking to are future readers. Mm. And if you can keep that in mind and you can remember, I'm not really responding to this jerk who broke my equipment. I'm responding to people who are looking to buy from me in the future. Mm. Now, when you say, thanks for reviewing me, and I'm so sorry that didn't turn out the way it, it should have. You know, we really want to make things right. You know, please give us a call at at your earliest convenience and we'll see if we can make this right. Now, obviously, if they call, you're still going to say, hey, no, you were a jerk. You broke my equipment. But the people reading the review are like, dang, that business owner handled things really well. And that's someone I want to work with. I think that's a huge, huge point that I'm talking to the future consumer, the future client. Um, and you're not necessarily going to be able to sort it out with the person who's made the complaint. If you can, is that a huge win or is it just a, a nice thing? No, if you can actually work things out like the tattoo guy did with me, that's that's like the best case scenario in my opinion. Mm. Because now my review says, hey, we ran into some snags in the very beginning um, and I had a poor experience, but this guy called me personally, took the time out of his schedule to squeeze me in and took amazing care of me and my tattoo turned out brilliantly. So that's a really good review because now the future reader sees, oh, well, things don't always go perfectly, but when they don't, they make things right. That's an even better, you could never say that about yourself on your own website. Can you imagine? By the way, when we screw up, we do everything we can to make it right. <laughs> I, I love I love the idea, but I'm not going to do it. Exactly. And I had a, an issue with um, a software that we had installed on the server, and it all basically went horribly wrong and I got very frustrated and I wrote and I complained. I didn't write a review, but the company owner got on a call with me and he spent an hour talking me through exactly what their process is, why it works the way it does and why I might have misunderstood what they were actually trying to achieve. And I was thinking he just spent an hour and he is the boss of this huge company. And yet three years later, I'm still their client. And that speaks to how valuable reviews are, right? And I don't Mm -hmm. want to jump to the end, but if you've got negative reviews, it can really, really hurt your business. I've got a a stat here I wanted to share with you. I think this is crazy. I like Uh, numbers. Going from a three-star to a five-star rating delivers businesses 25% more clicks from Google. Just that tiny little amount. And then this one blows my mind. 49% of consumers, almost half of people say that a business needs at least four stars for them to even consider working with them. Right. Oh, and that's a really good point because I look at four stars. I don't answer, ask a question. 4.5, same thing. 3.9, I stop. You're you're exactly who they're talking about then. Anything Mm. under four is 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 cutting, you're, you're missing out on half of your potential audience. You have wow. to be above the four. And I did a, a calculation in the CaliCube Academy courses about bad reviews. And I was calculating as the number of re- reviews grows, how many do you need to overpower one bad review? And it becomes increasingly difficult uh, in terms of the pure volume of the number of 
reviews that you need to beat them. But I was talking to a guy at Trustpilot who wrote the algorithm for Trustpilot, and there is a time factor where an older bad review will lose its value, relatively speaking, to a new one. Have you got any thoughts on that? Well, all I can tell you is just from personal experience with businesses, you know, um, I'll, I'll go in and I'll do an audit and they'll be like, well, I've got this old review. Should I respond to it? I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't touch that one. Right. <laughs> it's, it's three years old. Don't go in and respond with falling on the sword and thanking the reviewer. Leave that alone because it's probably on page eight or whatever. You have to click several times to get to it. So there's definitely some truth to, you know, the age of a review uh, falling lower and lower on, right. the, on the value scale, if you will. And I think if you respond to that, you're giving it juice that you really don't want to give it. Yeah, you're waking it up. But sometimes Google will show reviews that are quite old and negative. Should you reply to those simply because they're appearing? I, I would, yeah. I think if Google is showing it, then you've got to you've got to talk to future readers. You've got to respond to that because not responding to it is kind of looked at as an admission of guilt. Which is an interesting point is keeping silent indicates that you're accepting guilt when in fact that's not the case. Definitely not. You might not have even realized that you had that review or you just don't weren't trained on how to deal with it, right? Right. And do you advise your clients to track searches such as brand name reviews? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, you know, I recommend that they use some kind of software that keeps track of their reviews, lets them know when there's a review. Um, yeah, I think you need to be on top of your reviews at all times. Right. Are there any softwares? I mean, I don't want to do an, an upsell for anybody, but what software actually does that? Because it's hugely difficult. There are so many different review platforms. How can anybody cover them all? Man, I, I'm having an over 50 moment. I can't even think of the one that I really like. It's not review me. Um, darn, now I'm embarrassed because I don't know the answer to that. But they're right. Well, I mean, what, what we've Google been doing it. at CaliCube is tracking brand name plus review and then just seeing what comes up. Well, then use CaliCube. Um, <laughs> but we don't track individual reviews, but we do track which platforms are ranking, which means that we know which ones to focus on. But the individual reviews is a problem we haven't solved because you need so many APIs. Well, I, I, Google review engines, I think there are a number of them that will people will find. And, and now, I'm, now I'm dying to figure out which one that I'm thinking of. Brilliant. I've got another question, though. So we can, we can move on from that question. Right. How do you get somebody to say something useful in a review? Because if you ask a question when you're asking for a review, did you like the service? They say, yes five stars. That doesn't mean anything. Right. So don't ask them a yes or no question. Ask them, oh. <laughs> what did you like about your experience with davidmcbee.com? Or what did you like about your experience with Calicube? You know, then they're forced to say exactly what it was that, uh, that they are happy with. Can you give me a list of a couple of questions? Because what did you like about is one thing. Obviously, don't ask what didn't you like. Well, you could say something like, um, did anyone give you great customer service? Or, mm. um, and you really put me on the spot here, but uh, what's your favorite what? thing about our restaurant? Is it, Brilliant. you know, 
something like What's that. What's your favorite thing about the restaurant? Uh, what did you think of the comp- customer service? Uh, and and I, I keep wanting to say, did you feel the customer service was up to standard? But that's once again a yes, no answer, and I should avoid it. And it's hugely difficult and very difficult to take that step back and say, how can I ask open-ended questions? Oh, and just I reminding me of something. We've been doing agency interviews where I was forced to sit in front of people who use CaliCube Pro as agencies and ask them the open-ended questions. And every time I wanted to ask yes or no questions, very difficult. Yeah, because that's how we talk. You know, as people, Mm. we tend to just ask yes or no questions. And then, I don't know, we're inspired to say yes and, like, that's how we talk. (laughs) But that's not how we write, I don't think. No, 100%. And the idea as well, I had a client years ago who said, I don't want to ask for reviews because I just want everyone to give me five stars. Well, I want barbecue to grow my hair back, but you just, you you can't really (laughs) control the way that people, (laughs) the the way that people use the engines. They're going to write reviews, especially if they're unhappy. Which is the huge problem from a business point of view is what, as a, as a marketer, we're trying to say to them, well, the people who are unhappy are going to make a huge effort and the people who are happy are not. All right, but let's talk about that. I've, I've got this, this, um, this fun example of how... Oh, yeah, business, you said fun earlier on. How a business responded to a negative review. And I just think it says so much about this business owner. So here we go. I'm, I'm going to pull it over here so I don't... Look, all right, here's the review. Now, bear with me. It's a little bit long, but it's worth it. I promise. We're going. Brilliant. Here's the review. I had a terrible experience here. I got a second opinion from another dentist and saved hundreds of dollars and didn't have to get an unnecessary procedure done. John Smith. All right. Before I read the response to that, Jason, let me just say, this is one of my pet peeves is when a person... Uh, calls a business, doesn't like the price or the advice that they got in that one call, and they still feel compelled to write a, write a review. Don't write right. a review for a business you didn't hire. That's totally unfair, right? Right. So, and by the way, John Smith. Uh, okay. Now here is it's the not response. the real name. Okay, I get. Here's you. the response from the dentist. And by the way, this dentist is a really fun personality, and. When you go to the dentist, you have fun. She, they're just, uh, it's a fun environment. So she responded oh, wow. in her own Sorry, personality. I, I was just going to say, going to the dentist is definitely not what we think is fun. And so this might be one of those moments where we think, oh, yes, have you? Right, so, so here's her response. Because of this thorough and unrelenting review, we are now offering great service once again. Thank you, John Smith, for your review and for letting us know how terrible we are. (laughs) We are strictly opposed to being terrible. So we held a staff meeting in which we discussed the terrible. And you will be pleased to know that we have a plan in place to no longer be terrible. We have implemented new core values and office policies that should entirely eliminate the terrible. (laughs) Now, since we were unable to locate you as a patient in our system, we'll have to assume that you have reasons for wanting to remain anonymous. Witness protection, maybe. You weren't actually a real patient, maybe. 
I mean, that is like cutting right. That's like right to the chest, right? Anyway, we would like to compliment you on your choice of John Smith as your pseudonym. John Smith is one of our favorite historical figures. I mean, hello, <laughs> Jamestown. He single-handedly saved the colony from devastation, just like you saved us from devastating terrible. Now, if you think that she went too far, she's being so snarky that mm -hmm. you, as the future reader, are like, man, she's, oh, here's how she ended it. In all seriousness, if you would like to contact us directly to share with us how we let you down, we really would like to learn more about your experience so that we can improve. Please call the office and ask to speak with me directly. Thank you. Well, that, that's brilliant from two fronts, is it ends with such a good offer to engage, but it also shows her personality. And what we see at CaliCube is I don't want to work with people who don't appreciate the personality of the people who work at CaliCube because they are the worst clients. They're the ones who are going to cause us the most grief. And what she's done there is if somebody thinks she's a horrible person, they're not going to call her. And as long as she isn't desperate for business, she's fine. I 100% agree. And she's not desperate for business. And like I said, her entire staff has that quirky, fun <laughs> sense of humor. And this this is a perfect way of turning a negative one-star review into, hey, everyone, let me show you a little bit about why you should hire our dentist office, you know? Right. And and it gets rid of the chaff, as we say. We we sort the wood from the chaff. And the people who are chaff are the people who are not going to be great clients. And if they don't resonate with our personality, they can go and see the dentist next door. Um, absolutely brilliant. I loved that. And that was a really lovely way to end this episode before the final question that truly ends I'm out. this episode. I add one more thing. I just have Ooh. to. Because so many people listening right now will be like, I could never write anything that clever. Before you and I got together this morning, I got on uh, on chat GPT and I put some negative reviews in and I Ooh. typed, uh, write a witty, clever and professional response to this review. And chat GPT is nailing it. It's not perfect, but it can. Re it's really pretty clever. So if you feel like that's how you want to respond, it's a great way to use AI. Uh, which is brilliant. And I'll add uh, another timeout to that is if you train ChatGPT on your own website, it will do that in your own voice. Oh, that's even better. It will add an extra layer to that. And I've got a friend called Gennaro Corfano who's built Boosting.ai, and that's what they do. They crawl your website and train the bot so that it does exactly what you just said, but truly in your own voice. That's Super huge. Cool. Review. Management is now a mastered science, thanks to David McBee, Jason Barnard, and Gennaro Corfano, and the dentist whose name I don't know. Could you answer this question? How do reviews help with branded search? Well, I think the answer is twofold. Number one, um, Google helps, uh, Google will rank you higher depending on how many reviews you have. Mm -hmm. And um, that's not the only element, of course, to ranking high, but it's certainly part of their algorithm. And I think most people would agree that positive reviews or the intent of the review will help you rank higher if they're more positive ones as well. So that's the first part of the answer. Number two is once a person finds you, it's going to help you close business. I mean, obviously having those four or more stars is huge for people to even consider you, but the more you have... Yeah. 
um, obviously people are going to realize you, you've made so many people happy. So they're going to pull the trigger. So it helps you with rank better and it helps you convert the lead into an actual sale. Absolutely brilliant answer. And I love the yellow with the green. I mean, if we look at that, that's absolute perfect color matching. <laughs> and we're about to ruin that by a very different green, Liana de Bellevue, who is going to be amazing. The importance of creating a marketing pie. I'm hugely curious to hear what the marketing pie is and how I can create one. And this is where we see the greens don't match. Could you possibly pass the baton, David McBee? I shall pass the baton, as we say in America, the baton. Uh, <laughs> Liana de Bellevue is, oh, let me start over there. Uh, Liana de Bellevue is an international speaker, global marketing agency owner, social media strategist, and the co-author of the Amazon international bestseller, Light at the End of the Funnel. That's so clever. And she has helped clients from over 19 countries generate millions of dollars in sales using social media. Wow, David, you should have your own podcast. <laughs> I do. I do, Jason. Can you tell us the name? Sure. It's called Simplify TV, and it's, uh, it's all about digital marketing. And I speak to thought leaders like you. You were on my show a couple of weeks ago, so thank you. Uh, all about anything and everything digital marketing. Brilliant. And are you going to start singing the intro and the outro? I am not. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, David. That was amazing. Thank you, Jason. Be awesome. <laughs> Brilliant. Cali Cube. It's all about your brand, Serp.